0: Hello, and welcome back to CB on Air's Partners in Focus series. My name is Rachel King, and I am the Associate Editor for Central Banking. In today's episode, we'll be delving deeper into challenges and opportunities for central banks within the data landscape. Joining me is Henrik, Deputy Chief Executive and Head of Data Analytics at SkySpark. Thank you for joining me today, Henrik. Thank you, Rachel. So to start off, obviously central banks collect huge volumes of data, and over time these volumes have grown fairly substantially. And the format and granularity of the data that's collected has also changed due to new requirements and integration of new data sources that central banks are now starting to tap into. So Henrik, in your opinion, to what extent should central banks turn to new sophisticated techniques in order to be able to deal with the growing volume of data that they're collecting?
1: Well, that's a very, very good question. And what what is the trend right now? I mean, you have everybody has started with a data warehouse. Traditional data warehouses, you put it on prem, uh, and you get immediately this growing problem with data. Data is keep growing day by day. Um, there has been in the tradition to uh, archive a lot of data, but you need the data now. Now when we have machine learning that's uh, making an introduction to uh, more sophisticated analytics tasks and, and, and the, the topics at hand for central banks, we see that you need the history to be able to see the, the trends, to do have machine learning, to, to grow and to utilize the, uh, the the amount of data that is in, we need the historic data. The, the, uh, the, the problem here has been always about storage and, and that uh, regarding the data. Moving now, we can see that we move to the cloud. Cloud is the future for data analytics in my mind. This is where we have the platforms. This is where the, we have cloud service providers who offers endless of storage in the cloud. What has happened is also that we get data platform providers that is dedicated to the cloud, that's built without a legacy, using cloud primarily. That is uh, the, the future of, of data analytics and what everybody is paying their uh, attention and eyes on. So I think this is, uh, we will see so much of the, the growing volume of data going up to the cloud to do the data analytics in those kind of platforms.
0: Mm-hmm. And and in previous episodes, obviously, we've talked about the changing data strategies and the new tools that are coming in. As you've said, obviously, data warehouses are potentially going to be replaced by these cloud infrastructures. I wanted to ask you where the added value is for central banks in, in diverting from these perhaps traditional approaches, and then how should those results be interpreted further on down the line?
1: Well, it's, first of all, I think it's the, 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 the obvious one that looks from an IT perspective that we're able to see the resilience, of course. Uh, the pandemic that we've seen with COVID, as also we see that countries are doing lockdowns. What happens to data centers that if you are only having them in one country and it becomes in, into lockdown? What happens if you get hardware failures and people are not allowed to go outside? Those kind of things that we might not have thought about in in the past, is now kind of very relevant in the new world. We see that going to the cloud, you can use data platforms throughout the whole world and you can move those even if you have chosen uh, a particular cloud service provider uh, and you choose in a specific location where you have a data center, then in, in, in or multiple data centers in a specific region, you can easily transfer that to different, to go uh, to going from Central Europe over to US, you can have in Asia, you can even have, there are several data platform providers who also offers you to move between cloud service providers, uh, service providers like uh, Google Cloud, like uh, Azure, like AWS, Those kind of things you haven't thought about in the past. Then it's the obvious things. This is what about scalability. That's another obvious thing that we always talk about. But what happens with the new kind of uh, new techniques within the data platform providers is that it's not about pulling an existing database, data warehouse up in the cloud on virtual servers. Now we're talking about sophisticated data platforms that can be scalable, that you can scalable on milliseconds, where you programmatically can increase the power of your query, where you can find your business data insights within this data platform using the power of the cloud. You can tell how many server capacities that you can utilize to get out the data that you have. Also, of course, the storage, it's endless. It it doesn't matter. They have built it on on Lego blocks of the cloud. So there's a a data layer that is pretty much endless. There's no stop in how much data you have. This is important because of the amount you still, you always need the historic data to do proper analysis work, but you will also be able to, to combine the traditional data warehousing Together with real-time data warehousing, because there's also a trend within central banks and the finance industry. It is not enough with the traditional way of having a batch every night and only looking at that. You need to have a view and a data lake that constantly streams updates to your data analytics platforms. So those are, are have a complete new dimension that you can utilize. Then is the flexibility as well. Because in in the past, you have used your analytics tools. You have had to acquire licenses that you will have to have for three to five to 10 years and you will have to stick with them. Now you're much more flexible. You can find new tools to find your business insights, to be able to communicate those business insights to your customer base or your partner networks. Then you will also have the simplicity in these data platforms up in the cloud. When you have it on-prem in traditional vendors, you will always have to maintain them. You have to have administration regarding it. You have to have uh, partitioning tables, all this technical mumbo-jumbo regarding the, the maintenance that you had to do, that you had to make IT do for you. With the new data platforms in the cloud, it is zero maintenance. You don't need to provide those. You you have it up in the cloud. Your IT can focus on something else and you can focus on your analytics skills and your ability to extract the business insights. This is a a key change of how we would uh, work in the future with data analytics.
0: Now, you've touched on a number of important aspects there. And I guess the main benefit for central banks will be that in theory it's going to make their decision processes and policy making better because the data they're gathering is timelier, it's more granular, they're able to do more with it, they're able to make more comparisons and the overall result will be that they have a clearer picture of what their jurisdiction looks like and then they'll, they'll be able to then translate those insights into policies that are, are needed to, to maintain financial stability but there are a number of risks, I guess, and also moving to different data strategies is going to come with its own challenges. So I wanted to ask, what sort of approach do you think central banks should be following? And are there any specific tools and indeed, I guess, resource constraints that they should be aware of when, I guess, moving towards this new data landscape?
1: Absolutely. You're absolutely right in this. There, there is a risk. And there's also a, a lot of hypes out there. There are, are technical hypes that everybody is, is talking about, which is an, a risk because it might be that technical and IT is driving uh, technical advanced solutions, which will be hypes, and then you will have to switch to it. So it's important that you make a good strategy for the business, for the central bank business users, so that it's it's very clear what strategy we're, we're in. We're going to aim for something that's also uh, sustainable, and that where we can have a a clear focus on the competence uh, within the the, um, the departments, so that they can utilize the big data analytics platform the best. And doing that, you can't shift back and forth in the the foundational base uh, of of your solutions. So you need to have a, a foundation set a strategy for that and then build flexible solutions upon that platform. I think so. I think it's important that you find a partner a partner that were like SkySpark, where mm-hmm. we can be the, 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 the counterpart who can advise you on a good strategy for the central bank to find the, this base, this data platform and to set the, the governance structure. Once that is done, it is much easier and and less risky to to start putting all the effort into building and maintaining the the data insights and the data that's in those data platforms.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the governance aspect there, because I think it's something that is often overlooked when talking about new data strategies, because everyone gets excited by the technology and by the the output i guess of what the data can provide but looking Absolutely. to the future central banks are going to have to analyze their governance structures um, because they are guardians of the financial system and there is an element there where perhaps they need to be a bit more cautious in their approach um so before we wrap up um obviously we're at the the end of the year now looking to the future perhaps over the next 12 months I wanted to ask you what sort of trends or developments with regards to data tools that you'll be looking out for within the central banking space? Obviously, you've touched on the emergence of cloud and how you think that's going to build a momentum. Is there anything else that we should be looking out for?
1: Well, I think that there is, uh, within the finance, we we always struggle in, getting, of course, the data in, integrating, uh, and you will have several market data providers out there that you need to integrate. And there's always the aspects of operational risk and system risk where you see that, well, this market data might not be accurate. You buy data from large market data providers and they often push the data into your environments. Different vendors' solutions for data bases and so forth. And when you extract this data, you either push it into your data warehouse first. So there is several single point of failures that it can happen during that time and the data might be out of sync. This is something I, I see is changing. So there is data providers up in the cloud right now that is building data stores like an app store for data. And mm-hmm. this is extremely important because it's going to be like sharing. And this is how I foresee that the, the, the whole finance industry, central banks in there, because you, you're building partner networks. It's a partner ecosystem. So if you want to share data to the public, cloud, you, you might not even use APIs in the future. You might just share your data in your data platform. It is like a OneDrive, it's like a Word document on OneDrive, where you just share that specific information with full security, because it's built for this and they are providing uh, data marketplaces where you can acquire and buy. Data sources, ESG data, uh, benchmark data, all the larger market data providers out there, and the beauty with this is that you will not affect, you will have the same storage. It's just built like that in the cloud. You will be able to have your market data provider providing the data. Everybody, including yourself, the big banks and everybody will look at the same single source, but no one will affect each other because you will have the cloud infrastructure, your CPU power for doing all the the querying that you need. That is on you. You pay for what you use. You're not affecting the others. That and we have never seen in the past, and this is the future I foresee. You get rid of all the integrations. You head for a zero maintenance solutions. It's just in there available and you will be able to find your new market data source. And get that available for querying within a day. You just need to contact your market data provider through these marketplaces and the data app store. And then you get access and immediately you can start joining it with your own data. And and do that securely. And it's actually, it works. It really, really works. And I foresee that this is a trend that we will see coming in the the coming years. I think that's a big, big advantage for everyone.
0: It's certainly an interesting concept. Um, I mean, I think the biggest concern for the central banks will obviously be the security. And you've mentioned that it would obviously need to be encrypted and potentially, I guess, to start with on some kind of closed permissioned network. So it's only accessible by certain parties. But I agree fully that data is now becoming sort of the next commodity. And it'll be interesting to see where central banks move within the space. We're already seeing them tap into sort of new live data sources and from sources we haven't seen them before, especially during the pandemic, because they needed to have this live view of what was going on. So whether this continues now that we're sort of entering the recovery phase will be really interesting. But um, Henrik, you've given us such an insightful look into where you think data infrastructure will be going. Um I have no doubt our audience will have been intrigued. Um so thank you so much for coming on our podcast today.
1: Thank you, Rachel, for having me.